It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single mismatched multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Jay? Hi. Yes. Have you had a think about um if you want to stay here with the others or come with us cuz I'm not sure if we can take the KJ with us it will be recognized immediately. I think that I would like to stay in this body. It is my body now after all these years. It it feels like it's my body. So I think I would like to stay in it and then I can keep it safe for you. Okay. I mean, we're gonna want to come back here at some yeah, point. We'll, we'll be back. I just wanted to make sure. So, so just to check, we have just list our options transport-wise here. So, what are our other options? Just to make sure we're listing them out. Let's see, what other options do we have? <laughs> I mean, we can just go buy another ship. Yes, we do have money. So, we're looking for a ship that can carry all of us and maybe two or three more people on the way back. Are we prepared to risk a gate? So, wait, so how many was it disappearing every time? This is me asking you out of character. I know Junie said. I don't really think we have a choice. Um, Fair enough. So, ships in the garage. Do we have one big enough for that mission? I think it's a Chromus. The only thing is it's registered under Corral. They're going to check that when we go through the gate. But we know enough people. And Junie is running the open hand, so surely there's someone there who can lend us a ship. Get this open hand working. We just put Slurp up on the stage and. and uh, but we'll get do anything. we want a Chromis to be s- small or an Antheus to have more oomph? I vote Chromis. Chromis. Yeah, I mean, Slurp, like, Slurp <laughs> talking to the third person. I don't really need a bed. I could just be in a corner somewhere. I can, I can sleep in the pilot seat. So. Chromus? Chromus. Chromus. Then we're going with a Chromus. Uh, what, what do you think, Faraday? Yeah, I think a Chromus is a good idea. Okay. And then Junie nods and leans in and says, I'll reach out to my network here and see if anyone's got a Chromus they'd be willing to lend. If you need to push anything, say I'll give them a private concert. <laughs> Thank you, Shlurp. I'll include that in the offer. If, if they're being stubborn. <laughs> okay, I'll include it in the offer. Is Teresia still here? Yes, he is. He's actually having breakfast and just saw Blanco coming in. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He's in a dressing gown <laughs> on the sofa <laughs> in the living room, fully staring at the TV, overwhelmed <laughs> by the modern world. Wow. Like, in the background, you're all, I'm imagining you're all at, like, the table, which is just next to the kitchen, between the kitchen and the living room. Teresia all is sat alone on the big sofa in a borrowed dressing gown, staring at the internet. Good for him. Do they not have in- Yeah, he had the internet before, but uh, it's been a few hundred years oh, since true. he was an alive person. Different, yeah, difference were, between dial-up. before human first contact. Yeah, oh. so he's there like, what the fuck? What the <laughs> fuck is Build-A-Bear? <laughs> you hear him in the background going, what is a bubble tea? <laughs> I'm going to go sort out the ship. 
I'll see you guys in a bit. And she scoots out from the table and heads up to the bridge. Uh, I'm gonna go with her. Um, whilst we're waiting, Lorelei's gonna go up to her room and have a bit of, like, a shuffle around of, like, an old data pad that she has that has all of her notes from leaving Chorus for the first time and working out how the galaxy works. And then go give them to to Rizial and be like, I'm sorry I took the piss out of you. It's just, everything is bad. And, but this might help. (laughs) He looks at you and then down at the data pad and he just goes, um, thank you. That does actually mean quite a lot that you thought to offer this. And he points at the TV and he's like, the world has uh, changed a lot since I was last here. Not that I ever expected to be back here, but it's very different. Yes, and Lorelei just sort of lays her god-marked hand on his shoulder and is like, see you soon. And then just sort of waves and walks away. So, how many people do you have in your open hand? Well, uh, like I said, you guys actually know a lot of people. Uh, I'd say that the open hand started out as maybe 250 direct contacts, and then through friends of contacts of contacts, it's grown to about five and a half thousand. It's not much in the grand (laughs) scheme of the galaxy, but most of those people are policymakers, uh, business owners. It's really quite serious stuff that's a lot of people yeah it's a lot to manage but i'm really enjoying it um i know i said i would give you your coin back when i got back i'm just gonna have to get you a new one i oh, think did you lose it that's, that's okay no no god no i didn't lose it um and then i take out my scales ah because it's embedded mm. in there so i'll and take this out and show it and be like, no, I had to make something so that I don't just go unconscious for two days. And I needed something that anchored me. And that's you. It's always been you. So I will get you a new one. Yes. So I'm your anchor. And she reaches out and kind of gently holds her hands around the scales, but doesn't touch. And she's like, oh, they, this, they feel weird. Yeah, it's, I'm not really sure how they work. It was kind of a a throw everything at a wall until it sticks kind of thing. But I mean, you're really smart, Faz. Like you can make anything. This feels so crazy though. And she like waves a hand even closer and she's like, it's like buzzing. Yeah, um, but I was gonna say, it's you and me against the world, but that doesn't sound right with that many people on our side. I guess it's you and me. Team. Team. And I absolutely believe we can do this. Meanwhile, out in the city, Corel, you head out into Naponi. God, I hope your disguise too. I hope it's a better disguise than mine. <laughs> well, I have my disguise kit, you see. Ah, yes. Do you disguise as an Amazir or as an Apelta? 
Uh, as, a, as an Amazir. Yep, you disguise as an Amazir and head out into the city. Uh, like I said for Schlurp and Lorelei, it's very changed. And you're looking for paper... Materials. Yes, I'm basically going through shops and just looking at stuff and just feeling it out. I'm that weird guy coming into the shops, just thumbing through things and not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Could you roll me, I'm going to say, perception? Uh, Dirty 20. Okay, with the Dirty 20, I'm going to say that you explore the city, kind of looking for somewhere more traditional, somewhere more artisan that does real paper, real paper kind of craft skills. Um, And in your exploring, you find yourself in the east side of the city, in those streets in and around the Blue Palace. You actually pass by that really long line of sites waiting to be seen by Tesh's clinic. Um, And this area of the city is the wealthiest part. It's got all of these really tall, brightly colored townhouses with kind of coral structured faces, frontages. Um, There's lots of nice little interesting independent boutiques and shops here. You can see this big block of maybe seven or eight townhouses in a row, which you can see it's been divvied up into like several little markets, each with their own tiny little stall which is maybe only two or three meters wide. You're looking specifically for someone who's working with paper? Yeah, or someone who's selling paper. Someone who knows about paper, I suppose, and has paper in stock. I think that you find... Can you roll me investigation to kind of explore this maze? Um, that'll be a 17. Uh, with a 17, you explore this warren of little shops and you find near the back of it a Namazir with like midnight blue-black skin and pale green markings who is got like a stacked set of like three glasses which are progressively more magnified and is like sitting cross-legged in front of like a very low table squinting at it and they are surrounded by stationery um, like proper fountain pens and pens and quills made from seagrass and all of these beautiful different types of papers and cards and cardstocks and different thicknesses and as you approach they look up at you hi how can i help you today oh uh yes um i suppose i'm browsing to an extent um i'm just interested in book binding i suppose yes Bookbinding? That is a really old skill, very old-fashioned. Yes, it's the sort of thing that interests me, I suppose. Corel, with your disguise, um, remind me, in the past, because you don't have a tail as an appelter, you've given yourself a kind of battered-looking Namazer who doesn't have a tail anymore and stuff, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Are you that battered-looking Namazer? I, I think Corel, in a hurry, just went for that default, so yes. Okay, so this Namazir looks up and down and goes, ah, Forgive me for saying, you don't look like the artisanal type. Uh, I've been going through a lot of um, new experiences recently, and exploring uh, new pathways. Azalea has often been a new pathway, a place of new beginnings for Namazir. Since the old times of the Empire... We would come here to change who we are and how we live. I was carried up the tradition myself. I was soldier before I came here and now I 
and they express like span their hands out to all the paperwork and say and now i am a stationary ware seller i do not practice bookbinding myself i merely make the paper but i can teach you about how to make the paper yes yes i'd love to to learn about that certainly what goes into that okay um do you have time and the Amazon leans over and starts like flicking through a little calendar in their comms unit do you have time tomorrow afternoon i'm afraid i'm not on planet for long sadly if you send me an email um i have it on the form and they pull out a piece of paper which has been like lovingly hand calligraphied and they say, I know it's a bit old fashioned, but you read the paper and it's got my information on it. Uh, if you send me private email, a private message, uh, there is a fee. But um, if the fee is amenable to you, I can send you full length videos and we can work as you travel. Looking at the card, what what is this Namazir's name? <laughs> uh, their name is Rorashi. Rorashi? And interestingly, they've got a Plumian name listed as their surname. And that's, so it's Rorashi Tika, like teak wood, but with an A on the end. Krell definitely tweaks that. You have a connection to Pluin culture? Oh, yes. Um, mother, mother is Pluin uh, adopted, obviously. But yes. Right. I think... As this conversation is going, I think Corel is just sort of doing that thing where they sort of low-key tap into their god power and just feeling out the paper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> using, your gal- using your powers given to you by gods to figure out which paper's good. Yes, to make a, <laughs> make a, a holy artifact, yes. That's <laughs> ah, valid. Could you roll me intelligence? That's 14. Okay. You reach out and touch the different papers, right? Yeah, I just I'm just flicking through some bits as I talk. Yeah, you bend over and flick through some of the bits and pieces. And as you kind of reach gently into your powers uh, to kind of try and get the sense of it with your ability to know things, uh, you get like the visions and sense memories of Rarashi making the paper. And you get a really strong sense of like, their love of the craft and how soothing like they find it and like the care that's gone into learning how to do this i'll i'll take a, um a bundle of this just to um just to um practice with and i i head back schlep woo <laughs> You've gone up to your room, or somewhere private. I don't know where you've decided to go. I think to prob- call Prisha. I think probably my room. Yeah, Bobby's having a little nap. Um, yeah, I tried to I tried to get through to Prisha. I know, like, communications are a bit weird at the moment, so it's probably me just kind of going around. Like, that thing used to do with old phones. You had to, like, go to different spots to figure out where the good place is. Yeah, you are having to chase the signal, because as you call her, it takes you maybe four tries, because it keeps dropping out. Like, you'll, it'll start ringing, and then it'll just suddenly cut and it'll fall out. And when you do finally get Prisha, it's extremely crackly and you can barely hear her. Hi. Hi, Prisha. Can you you hear me? I'll text you. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm gonna 
try ending the call and yeah i sent her a text be like sorry i didn't message you earlier you would not have wanted to talk to me i was not in a great way diahu is gone she's gone and she's not coming back oh slurp i'm so sorry i'm so sorry honey it was a soul transference thing, like passing on. She was technically a ghost, I think. I think that this is very difficult, but you will move past it and it will be okay. And the space squad and me will be there for you. And she sends a bunch of heart, heart emojis. Um, she sends a bunch of heart emojis back. And then she says, thank you for telling me. There's so much other stuff, but later once we actually see each other and they just kind of fall on their bed hi schlep sorry to interrupt but Janie's trying to call you downstairs can do thank you kj Schlepp joins the rest of you downstairs in the bridge where Junie is standing with her back surrounded by monitors her back to all the monitors, and she says, I've found you a ship. <laughs> I'm gonna show you because it definitely gave me the warm fuzzies. And she turns and turns like all those screens on and you see dozens of ships. And she says, all of these offers came through within an hour of making contact. There are like 40 different ships that'd be more than happy for you to take them for however long you need. How many of them wanted the free concert? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, only about three. <laughs> hey, I'll take. Hey, hey, I'll take the compliment. Um, uh, let's move on. Um, can we take the one where it will put the owners out the least? Because they're all very generous, but some people are more generous than necessarily they need to be. Uh, there is actually a local shipping company whose fleet has been grounded for a while because of the jump gates. Uh, they have a whole fleet of like 15 to 20 Chromis and Minnow. Perfect. I guess my vote. Okay, the ship is called the Haberdashery. Uh, it is a little Chromis. I throw a picture of it now and she throws up a photo of a buttercup yellow Chromis with like a blue nose cone and she goes it's quite a cute little ship about 45 years old uh they've had it for a long time good service history etc is it the same colors as flounder from the little mermaid it maybe is yes <laughs> is it- I-, I love it <laughs> I-, I i did think we were going to try for stealth no one we will think we're a spy we're, we're, we're trying to hide anything in a ship like oh, that camouflage in plain sight i see hide in plain sight very sensible point carol good point Okay, so the haberdashery uh, is all yours. Uh, in terms of weapons, it has two light plasma cannons. It's on barge four. You can actually see it out of the left side windows, and they're happy for you to take it whenever. Are you ready to go? I want to go do a couple prep things in my room, but it shouldn't be long, and then we can head off. I want to go with Corral and investigate the entire ship top to bottom. The, K- the KJ or no, the, the haberdashery? The haberdashery, just in case they're offering it and it has a bug on it. Good idea. Good idea. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, why don't you all just go and investigate the ship? That's fair. Yeah, quick question. 
Okay, yeah, you go over to the Chromis on barge four. I will say that the the uh, owners are the ones who let you in. They're not like fawning over you, but they are like, thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate it. Bring the old girl back in one piece if you can. Uh, Lorelei feels bad. Insight check. Go ahead. Lorelei trusts no one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. That's the natural 20. Their intentions are good. They, they're like, yeah, go get him, whippersnapper, kind of vibe. <laughs> Can I just say, it's really good to see some, you know, some other people with some life experience. It feels like this is a young person's galaxy these days. It's so, it's so, it's exhausting. It is. My knees hurt all the time. When you get into your late 250s, it really starts to wear on you, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I, it's, all, it's all relative, right? I live shorter than, than you guys, so oh, I yes, feel yes. older sooner, but if, yeah. Well, thank you very much for the ship again. It's very kind of you. You're very welcome. It'll just sit here and rot at the moment. <laughs> what? That's such a paid laugh. <laughs> My insights are dust. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Right, so investigating the ship. Yes, please. I will give Corel the health action. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, 23. Uh, 23. Corel, you search the ship from top to bottom and you find a load of suspicious shit. Uh, actually, no, it's just a load of like toffee wrappers <laughs> and like sweet stashes. I guess we just move a... a- bunch of pillows into the back room, clear everything out and get going. Yep, Corel gets in the pilot's seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Junie s- says goodbye to you right down at the like at the airlock with the engines powering up. Faraday, she kisses you and hugs you and is like, go fucking get them, okay? You bring back Dana. I miss her. She is an absolute bitch at cards. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't remember what was said. What is... What was it I said in the speech before we disappeared? Was it be back soon? Be back soon, yeah. No. <laughs> no, Faraday. Don't do this to her again. <laughs> oh, my God. Do it. It's really funny. But I smile as I say it like a be back soon. And Junie literally goes, you little sh-, as the <laughs> engines roar and the ship lifts away. Faraday, you're kind of hanging out the door and then you shut the airlock and the ship, Corel, roll me piloting. Uh, so that'll be 23. 23, Corel, you ramp up the engines, you tip the ship back, you swing over Nipponi, you see those lovely colorful tall buildings, you see the blue palace, and then you fly out over the endless ocean and then... As you're accelerating, you create a V behind you, and then, Corel, you're pulling back on the yoke, and the ship is turning to the stars, and you are flying up through the blue and into the black, until you are back in space with the galaxy glittering around you. You know the system, you've been here before, you know where the jump gate is that leads to Tassico, which is the system that Zarel, the homeworld of the Namazur, is in. And it takes maybe 20 minutes for you to get out there to that great silver diamond of the jump gate. And as you reach it, you see that there are a gaggle of ships waiting their turn to go through this gate. Uh, This is nowhere near as busy as this gate can be, can be, or has been in the past. You've seen this gate with queues that are like literally 200 miles long. And there's just a small group of ships here awkwardly hovering you can kind of tell they're like oh no one none of them wants to go first so it's not a queue just sort of a huddle a huddle of nervous ships 
not want not wanting to go through the gate first. Uh, could you roll me perception, please? Uh, who else is looking out the bridge window? Um, probably, probably Schlurp and Lorelei. Probably. Would could be. you also both roll me perception? Twenty-nine. Natural twenty, so I'm thirty-five. Gonna, fuck it, I'm not gonna beat either. I'm not gonna beat either of these. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, expert. The one thing I have expertise on. <laughs> okay, Lorelei and Corel, you are peering out of the window. Corel, you're focusing on flying. Lorelei, you're not quite as focused on flying, so you look further afield and you see immediately. Both of you do see, but Lorelei, you see slightly first as why these ships are hovering by the jump gate, and it's because that bright white diamond that sits inside the metal frame the beautiful crackling white diamond of subspace is choppy there it looks like tv static it's black and gray and white all stuttering and fritzing rather than being that stable white diamond that it should be and it looks terrifying i mean we don't really have a choice no Um, we since no one else is in the queue in front of us or no one seems to go at least i guess we go and i with great reluctance, Lorelei is a kind of like a Star Trek kind of bridge. So Lorelei can stand in front of Corel without being in the way. Um, the chromuses are very small, so I could say you could you like you're small enough that you can. Okay, but you're in like a kind of triangular pointed cockpit. Lorelei stands for the second we go through the gate with the trident. to push as many spell slots worth of magic as she needs to into stabilizing the gate. Ah, because you do have the trident, don't you? What a good idea. Sick. Okay. How many spell slots are you going to give me? I've looked at the map. (laughs) It's 2.8 days to Collier, and then 2.5 days from Collier to Tassico. So if I'm going to sleep... Then I'll do eight and I'll just do eight, seven, six. So that's 21 levels worth of slot. Okay. It was a very good idea that you did this, by the way. I'm just going to say. You lift up the trident and you press one hand against the glass of the front of the cockpit and you pour as much of yourself as you dare into the trident. And as you do, it lights up. I've said before, the trident is badly damaged, and as it does, you can see the cracks and the lines of the fractures running all the way along its haft up to its shattered blades. Two of the blades are entirely missing, but the light pouring from the trident kind of creates the phantom outline of what should have been there, that three-pronged shape. And as you do that, the light, the crackling soup of light that you're heading into stabilizes into pure whiteness in a, in a patch just big enough to permit your chromis to pass and you are gone into subspace. Now, subspace is normally a howling yet calm void. Subspace here is like flying through a storm and you are in this tiny bead of safety created by Lorelei and her power. Um, Beyond this tiny fragile white shell, you can see that the edges of the jump lane are kind of jumping wildly, like the pathway itself is struggling to stay connected. Um, Can I take uh, another perception check, please? Uh, Dirty 20. 26. 
Fucking lower than that. <laughs> Why yeah. am I even here? 16. Not bad for me. But... I think... What do I get? 19, I think. Okay. Anyone over 15 will see that beyond the jumping edges of this pathway, the bright whiteness has gone grey. Basically, when you use one of these jump pathways, it kind of is dipping into the between space of the gray place. And here you can see that that divide is starting to fracture. And these pathways are starting to kind of bleed into the Pantheon itself. And as you travel for these days on your way to Tassico, I think that you see faint flickers of orange. And on one occasion, you see a distant like building spire. And then, maybe five days in total after you set off from Azalir, you are thrown into pitch darkness as you emerge out the Tassico jump gate and behind you you have that big bright crackling diamond for uh, about five seconds um, and then Corel, as you take the ship away from the jump gate and start moving it towards the bright blue orb of Zarel, um, there is a loud siren in the cockpit. Shit. Seeming. What? Seeming all of us to look like Namazisholas. Uh, okay, um... Corel, uh, roll me investigation. Actually, no, roll me piloting to check the alarm. That makes more sense. Natural 20. A natural 20. Corel, this alarm is a very, very specific one, which you never expected in your lifetime to hear go off. And that alarm is for the failure of a jump gate. Um, do you do you look? Do you turn the ship to look or anything like that? I decide that probably it's best not to be near a failing jump gate and just accelerate out of the vicinity. Besides... Okay, cool you guys, guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> I, I just, I, like, like I don't say anything. I just, I just rev the, the engines. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I just, I have to say that I, I know that it must have been really difficult for Corel to suppress that academic curiosity. <laughs> it's something that is a once in a generation event. So I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. I think Corel's self-preservation instinct overrides their curiosity. <laughs> uh, everyone and on the ship can hear the siren going off. Corel, can you roll piloting again as a shockwave suddenly uh, starts chasing the ship from behind? Um, I'm. Can I get the bombardic for that, please? Sure. Yeah, you got a D10 for that now. Cool. Um, don't die! Don't die! Don't die! Don't die! Basically, I, I sent a quick message to, to people not on the bridge and people around me, just saying. Grab onto something, <laughs> and um, that's a twenty-three on the die. I'm going to roll the inspiration, uh, so that'll be a twenty-nine overall. Okay, twenty-nine on piloting. Corel fucking blasts it, jams the throttle forwards, and the ship leaps ahead. Everyone else, can I please have? Uh, I'm going to say athletics to kind of hold wait, on do i wait do i need to roll for the athletics to hold on no you're strapped in bud i got a 12 okay 13 uh 15 for Lorelei. i got an eight. Oh. okay everyone below 15 is gonna take some bludgeoning damage from being thrown around inside the ship yay uh. fine. <laughs> okay that is 10 points of bludgeoning damage corel zarel is a blue marble and you rock it towards it with your mandibles clenched fiercely 
in the distance you could see glittering points as other ships start like get sent tumbling around you um Zarel is actually surrounded by ships with dark windows just kind of floating in the darkness with no one aboard as you barrel towards the planet itself um and as you do the alert slowly winds down and then turns off and you're left in eerie silence in the cockpit no one has called you to ask for permission to land Right, so good news is we're here. Bad news is I don't know how we're going to leave. Cause just to be clear to everyone, that that alarm and that ex- that shock wave was the gate failing. Is that the only gate? There are two gates in the system, but the other one goes to is it Iridesti or Virius? Yes. Iridesti. Goes to the Iridesti system. So we'd have to take the long way around. I bet that would have looked so there, sick there if we'd looked back. Way around. This is we are completely cut off from that part of Oh, I see. The galaxy. There's three star systems that are completely cut off. Yeah. Jess is right. Three star systems just got orphaned. Oh god. Oh no. Oh fuck. So we're proceeding from there. And I I'm going to start taking the ship into the atmosphere. You still haven't been contacted by anyone on the ground. Yeah, I'm just assuming there's no one. What city do you go for, Duncan? Can I, actually, I'll take a history check. Oh no, xenobiology, so that you get a little bit of information. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with an eleven, Corel, you know the basics of Zarel and which cities are big. You know Yentao's the capital. Uh, you also know about its second city, Nanashia. I don't think you guys talked about where exactly on Zarel you were going to go. Obviously, with Dana, you have that clue about the Zarelian waveliner, but I don't feel like Corel would know where on Zarel the Zarelian waveliner is. At some point during the trip, Corel asked Crick about trains. Okay. I think we're going to Yentao, gang, because that train's engineering headquarters are in Yentao. So I think it's time to head back and be the heroes of Yentao once again. Who's with me? We're potentially stranded, but yay. Karel proceeds to find a a slightly out of the way landing pad in Yentao. Karel, you push the... You push the haberdashery down and enter Zarel's atmosphere. You still have not been called by anyone asking for permission to land. And on Zarel, that's unthinkable. This planet is the homeworld of the Namazir. It's normally full to the eyeballs with bureaucracy and with people queuing to land. And instead, there's nothing. And as you head down towards Yentao and the ship's windows glow orange as you go through re-entry, still nothing. Even as Yentao's familiar iconic skyline comes into view in the shallow sea it sits in, nothing. So full, full fubar. Full fubar. Uh, yeah. The city itself, thankfully, doesn't appear still. You can see lights as you approach, and you can see like floating vehicles and vessels on the water as well. I want to be clear as well. Yentao is a city built into a shallow sea. There is no land in Yentao. All the buildings are literally embedded in the seabed and then rise up into the air. There are several key districts. Uh, 
they have changed quite a bit because of what happened uh, when you guys became the hero of Yantau. A lot of the older buildings were destroyed and a lot of new ones have risen up in their place. Uh, there is one major spaceport called Shomu's Landing. Uh, can I take a perception check, please? Lorelei spent quite a lot of time in Yantau helping rebuild over the two years. You did? That, that's true. Would I just know somewhere? That's a good point. Corel would probably lead over suggestions for landing. I do not want to go straight into the main spaceport. Yep. Let um, me just... Because uh, I sent a map to the group chat, so I'm just going to get that up. Ooh. Would that be somewhere maybe in Stilton? Cheese town. Cheese <laughs> <Jeez> town. <laughs> so Stilton is the region in the north of the city. It's primarily residential, so it's um, like... Middle-ish, lower, lower middle and working class, a little bit poorer. Temp- it, it was like a slummy area, but then after so much of the city was destroyed, it kind of elevated very fast as people ended up there trying to find somewhere to live. Uh, so oh no, we, we gentrified Stilton. You accidentally gentrified Stilton. <laughs> um, oh shit. Lorelei probably feels devastated about that. Oh no, there's so many vegan bakeries there now. <laughs> Ironically. So, well, it can't be vegan. It's cheese town. <laughs> <laughs> vegan cheese. Vs. There isn't like a spaceport in Stilton, but there are a lot of like alleyways and things like that. So presumably you could find somewhere. I'll take a perception from Corel to find like a specific street or something. I will give you advantage. Nice. Because I am nice. Ooh, thank yeah. you for the advantage. Yeah, that got I... me a natural 20. With a nat 20 and with Lorelei at your elbow pointing the way, Corel, you rocket you rock down towards the changed skyline of Yentau and towards the northern Stilton district. You find yourself bringing the ship down amidst the rooftops of rounded coral-like buildings made out of soft stone. And Lorelei and you work together to swing and drop the ship down in an alley in a long alleyway running between uh, two long rows of tall buildings and you drop yourselves down uh <laughs> near some bins perfect so we're basically parking a small camper van behind the denny's yeah kind of <laughs> that's the vibe amazing and as you power down the engines you can see all around you that the city is the city is carrying on. There are people here, but it's quiet and changed. And the people look scared. And in the distance, at the end of the alleyway, uh, I will take one last perception check. There are, pe- there are people around looking scared. Did they notice the ship coming? <laughs> Anyone? Um, I think they probably did, because it is bright yellow. Uh, but then See, again, I warned you guys. I will say with the Stilton district, it is residential, so there are a few smaller vessels here, like mostly more like cars. So it's, and it's more of like, but... okay, that might be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we rock up parking like one of those really fancy camper vans that you can have like a 50 inch TV in them. No, I know. We, we rock up uh, driving a Winnebago and paint it yellow. Terrible. Yeah. It's kind of like you've parked a very small plane uh, in a car park, <laughs> yeah. is the vibe, actually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's weird, but it's also not as completely insane as like a jet plane on someone's lawn. Yeah, so I will take that last perception check. Uh, dirty 20. 
Okay, Dirty 20. At the far end of the alley, you can see um, some, like, the edge of some billboards, and you can see a large ticker tape running across it. And as you kind of squint down this alleyway and see it, you can see um, that the message says, We apologize for any inconvenience caused during this transition of administration. Please remain calm. If you have knowledge of the whereabouts of any member of the new Kansir, we encourage you to come forwards. Please be aware that intentionally harboring any of these individuals is a treasonous offense and will be punished accordingly. Is there like a list or just any member of the new Kansir? Oh, there's a scrolling set of photos and it's like, (laughs) it's like not necessarily people you know. Obviously, Akuashir is dead. And it's showing different Kanzir officials like over and over. And then it shows up Buratima, Deftans, and it shows up other people in the in the in the trade galaxy. One of them is Ulial. <gasps> no, do not threaten Papa. <laughs> Papa Papa You know, I can't deny that if Corel thought in those terms and knew that then they would they probably would call we are Papa. <laughs> if <laughs> Are we on there? Huh? Are we on there? Oh no, you're not on there. It's literally like telling people to hunt down these key officials from the trade galaxy. And at the end, the message wipes to just a bright red screen, which is covered in like a tessellating pattern of Namazir in armor standing together with like heads up. And like the message that comes up is. Um, we will need to reach for our past strength in order to survive the future. Hey listeners, Paige here. I'd like to say a quick thank you to our cast. That's Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Shona as Schlurp, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Duncan as Corel, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review, recommending us to a friend, checking out our store, or becoming a supporter over on our Patreon. We're the indiest of indie productions, and every little really does help. That's all from me. See you in three weeks in the Maelstrom Galaxy.